Welcome everybody to Integrate Yourself. I'm your host, Allison Polo, and you can find me at finallythrivingbook.com and pureenergypdx.com. Today I have a fantastic guest, Julia Blackwell. She was so much fun to talk to. We talked about fascia. She is a fascia expert. She has a lot of great uh, wisdom in this area, a lot of good information and advice. So I highly recommend uh, listening to this one. This was a good one. We had uh, so much fun too. Uh, she's a very um, knowledgeable person and uh, she's also got um, a lot of similar background as what I have as an athlete. And um, we talked about past injuries in this one as well. So great episode. Um, so as you all probably know from the, if you listened to the last episode, I filled you in on my projects I was working on behind the scenes that I've been working on for probably about five months now. And one of them is an audiobook, And I've been working on that diligently uh, in the studio for like five months now. And it's finally done. It got the approval on it. Everything's good. No changes to be made right now. Um, and we're going to be sending it in. My hope is that it launches in June. We'll see. I will keep you updated. I've had a lot of people ask me about the audiobook. When is the audiobook coming out? And um, I narrated it. They. I also had a request for me to narrate it. I also wanted to do it. I felt like it was a good opportunity to try something I'd never tried before and to learn something new. And this was a really great experience, both doing uh, writing the book and then being able to narrate the audiobook was were both first times for me. So um, so much fun. And I highly recommend, you know, stepping outside the box of what you think you're capable of. This really helped me do that. I was... I I just never thought I'd be doing this. And so now I am. And I thought, wow, um, I'm capable of much more than I thought I was. So those are just really easy ways to put yourself out there to uh, see what your potential is. You know, um, if it's something you'd love to do, go ahead and try it. Don't let your self-critical voice or your critical voice get in the way. You Just try something and see how it goes. And that's pretty much what I did. I'm not expecting anything to be perfect these days. I do have pretty high expectations for myself. But with that, I'm okay with making mistakes. I'm okay with learning as I go and then putting it out there as it is. You know, it's a very fun experience to do that. So where in your life can you begin taking the steps to start playing around with something new, something maybe you don't know how to do, but you'd like to learn to do and give yourself a free pass to make mistakes and play and um, get creative and get curious about what you could do with that, what what it could, what the potential is there. So um, you can do that with anything in your life. It, it helps you tap into your creati- creative potential and uh, really, in my opinion, creates more joy and fun in my life. So um, that's what my book is all about. It's through a wellness lens. I had um, I was on a podcast interview with Josh Trent uh, yesterday, and he described my book as it's a pick your own or choose your own wellness adventure 
kind of book. And I thought that was a really cool way to put it. I've never heard anybody say it like that before, but it kind of is. And um, it's funny because the intention behind it originally was that kind of intention where I want people to be able to experience wellness through um, their own creation, like through creating it and um, in their own way. And so that's what how I wrote the book is to give you your own experience um, of how you'd like to do this. And again, that that all relates to play. It all relates to creativity. It all relates to your curiosity and and what you think um, you can you know do with that. What are you capable of? This it all goes into this. So my book is a great way to help you. It guides you through that process of self reflection. Um, of being able to really align with your mind, taking the steps to be able to focus and harness that energy and then be able to connect with your body. We want to have a healthy body so we have a clear perspective on life. And that also aligns our spirit and allows you to then listen to your spirit and um, let your spirit guide you in your life, which is so much more, um, more fun and just it just gives you so, a deeper clarity and and where to go because we're all confused about what our purpose is and what we're doing here and you know who to listen to and all of these things why not just start with yourself start learning how to listen to yourself and prioritizing yourself and that's what listening to your spirit is all about you're listening to those higher aspects of yourself and i teach you how to get to those um by really connecting with your inner child so that the, as as I talked to Josh yesterday about this is one thing we talked about is the keys uh, the your inner children um, have the keys to the kingdom uh, they have the keys to your higher aspects of yourself but you have to acknowledge them you have to love them first in order to get to your higher self in order to get to that connection to source that we all crave and uh, Roseanne has also talked about that before and, and she's who I really learned that from and I talk about that in the book too so if you want to pick up a copy of my book Finally Thriving head over to Amazon um, or actually just head over to finallythrivingbook.com and that'll give you a, a direct link to where you can pick up the book and also um, it has that website also has the exercises that go with the book and the meditations that you can try that go with the book too. Um, I also have a link there for my Finally Thriving program, which is a group coaching program. I'm going to be starting very soon. So if you're interested in that, please set up a free consultation with me, a free discovery call, and we can talk about it. All right, everybody, without further ado, I want to introduce you to my dear guest, Julia Blackwell. She is so much fun, and I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. Enjoy. Today, I am here with a wonderful guest, Julia Blackwell. She is a fascia release expert and pain relief coach. She has captivated a community of thousands with a fresh take on foam rolling and how to discover the root source of their chronic pain. Her unique combination of fascia release, postural alignment, and mindset magic have earned her the nickname, the pain relief wizard. I love that so much. (laughs) After standard Western medicine treatments failed to help with severe nerve damage in her arm. She was finally able to find answers with fascia release. 
Julia, a Denver local, now spends her free time adventuring, rock climbing, and hiking Colorado's tallest peaks. Welcome, Julia, to the show. I'm so excited you're here. Oh, thanks, Allison. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me on. You're so welcome. Yeah, I'm so excited about this topic because um, as you and I were talking before the show started, it, you know, many people are in the dark as it relates to their fascia. And uh, it's like a magical experience when they realize that like something like their shoulder is connected to their hip through their fascial chain. And it's just um, they're like, it's like an epiphany. They, they're they like so surprised. Um, but you and I know as we've been working, as we worked with clients over the years, you know, as we learned that that is a huge component to fitness. And I would love to get into all aspects of fascia today and how people can use that to help themselves as well and how you help people. But before we get started into all that, I'd love for you to share with my audience more about yourself uh, there was a story in there about how you got into all of this. I'd love to hear more about that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Great intro. And I agree. It's so funny. I went to school for exercise physiology and I think fascia may have been mentioned a time or two and that was it. Right. <laughs> so right. It's fun to, to be in a, a time where so much new information is coming out and we can integrate it into our practices as as we learn more about it. And so, so exciting and so important to really understanding your body and where these pain signals might be coming from. Um, but yeah, sure. I, (laughs) it's been literally a lifelong process getting into this work. I, I was born with severe nerve damage in my right shoulder, which limited my range of motion heavily. Um, it decreased strength and left me with, uh, an incessant amount of tightness constantly in that arm. So for the first 16 years of my life, I went through the standard Western medicine runaround is what I'd like to call it. <laughs> kind of like being on a conveyor belt where you go from doctor to doctor, practitioner to practitioner, continually rubber stamped as defective. You know, I, I don't think a single person growing up told me that there was any hope that my condition would improve. Uh, in fact, I remember a few telling me that if anything, it was only going to get worse Mm. or, you know, that's, it's heavy to, to grow up when you feel like all you really want is to be like all the other kids, you know, sports were hard. I had to tell so many gym teachers and coaches and, and people why I couldn't do certain things. So it, it made me grow up in a very small limited box. I thought for the longest time that I was very fragile and that I had so many stories about what I couldn't do. And so the easiest thing for me to do was to fully disconnect from my arm. (laughs) It was like my, this body part had betrayed me. So if I ignored it and pretended like it was just kind of this thing Yes, it was connected to me, but I'm just going to pretend like it's not there. That was the best way to get through everything that I needed to do. But thankfully, in 2010, I moved to Boulder, Colorado, and by some wonderful chance, happened to meet this lady who did a very unique form of fascia release. And as, as mentioned before, I had heard the word fascia, but had no idea what it really was or how specifically we were going to be working on this thing. But 
I said, all right, you know, I'll give it a go. I, <laughs> I have done pretty much every modality you can think of, at least what was available to me in the nineties in Cincinnati and nothing had made so much as a dent in what I was feeling and experiencing in my arm. And so I had zero expectations, but then this work blew my mind (laughs) and I saw more results in the look and feel and function of my arm in three months than I had in 16 years of going through the standard treatments. So it was such an amazing experience that I'm so grateful for, not just because it pivoted my career and I am able to help other people like me or in similar states now, but it helped me so much break out of that box of feeling very stuck and limited. Like, you know, our fascia can be uh, a metaphor for our consciousness, right? If things very stuck together, it enabled me to work through a lot of the grief and anger that I grew up with feeling so, so trapped and enabled me to feel more free, not only in my body, but in my life. So it has a very special place in my heart. And, uh, it's been such a joy to get to work with people on how to integrate more fascia release into their life. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's amazing that you're able to find those answers in your life to help you move that through because, you know, the body is, um, just waiting for us to, to find those answers and to, to make the moves to, to open it up. And, and, um, yeah, the fascia also, as we'll talk about today holds emotions in in it. And I, I can't wait to, to tap into that topic. Um, before we start with that though, for people who don't really know what the fascia is, can we just pretend like we're all beginners here and, and can you share with everybody what, what fascia is, how it, what part it plays in our body and that kind of thing? Absolutely. So I have just a bundle of analogies for you, but my favorite one is that your fascia is like layers of plastic wrap that goes around every single thing in your body. So Um, oftentimes we think fascia is like a sausage casing that goes around (laughs) our muscle, but it's actually layer on layer on layer. So every muscle fiber is wrapped in fascia and that wraps around muscle groups and that wraps around your bones and organs and blood vessels. It even wraps around nerves. So it's this three dimensional plastic wrap suit that we have on the inside that is organizing all of the water and material in our body. So if it were to magically disappear out of our body, we would go tumbling to the ground in a pile of bones and goo. Wow. (laughs) It's what gives us our shape, our structure, and even our texture. And that's so important to realize, like if it's all one uninterrupted interconnected system, that a crumpled up area of plastic wrap in one part of your body is going to affect multiple areas because that plastic wrap suit, uh, extends from your head to your toe and all those different ways. So, um, super helpful in realizing how imperative it is for just the shape that you see in the mirror fascia is largely dictating that. Yeah. Thank you. That is, that's a great, that's a great explanation and, um, and description of fascia. I love that so much. Uh, I had a question about your, your, introduction to yourself and, and when you 
when you found this woman who had this approach, what was different about her approach? Was that the first time you'd ever been introduced to anything fascia related or had you um, seen something like that before, but this was just a different approach or, or all of the above? Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd gotten massages many times growing up, which, um, you know, I, (laughs) I could say they were myofascia release. However, it makes little sense to only talk about fascia that's in your muscle when it's all one connected unit. So, um, I'm sure we, we worked a little bit of myofascia through massage before, but what made this work different was it was a combination of both compression and active movement. And so much of the treatments that, um, we typically find in the Western medicine world are passive. So you lay there and have someone else attempt to change your body for you. And while these treatments can work, uh, I find that they take so much longer or often they, they don't work too, Mm -hmm. but the active movement, especially for me with nerve damage was so critical in being able to give the the information to my brain that neural pathways were able to regenerate, that there was actually more options where there was more space than I believe to be true in the limitations that my mind had made around this, this injury. So, um, the active movement was a very critical component and one that makes perfect sense because one of the roles our fascia plays is to protect us. So it it's literally going to brace for impact. Anytime you fall off your mountain bike or you accidentally bang your elbow against the doorway, as you're walking through your house, your fascia can contract independent of your muscle in a way to brace for impact and help distribute that shock for you. Um, and because of that, fascia does not change easily mm-hmm. because it's doing its job. So if we're doing a passive treatment where someone is forcing fascia into a certain position, most likely it's going to push back and end up going back to its original position in a matter of hours or days. So if any of you out there have had a massage and you're like, wow, I felt so great for a day or two. And then my shoulder pain came back or something that is largely why is fascia thinks it's helping us by resisting that change. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important to engage the nervous system when we're going through these treatments in order to tell our brain that it's safe for that change to stay. That makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. And so it's about the brain integrating with it and not just people, you know, not just external forces, right. Trying to force it into a different position. I love that, 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 uh, that resonates so much with me. Um, yeah. And that's why sometimes like when you're getting worked on and you get pain, it does tend to re- your body tends to recoil even more, even if you're doing like a real hard passive stretch. Like if, you know, I remember in gymnastics, we, uh, they push us down in splits and, and, it, that can't be good for your body to be forced into that. Right. <laughs> Cause it's like already a stressful situation, right? You're in the, oh, yeah. so, um, so you've, yeah. So, and it, as it translates to a massage or really hard massage, it's probably similar that, um, you're, 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 it's actually probably stressing the nervous system out a little more in some cases. 
Absolutely. Um, that safety in the body is very important when we want to create change. So safety plus movement, it's, it's almost like a personal development, right? If you have a (laughs) limiting belief and you want to address it, you have to take an action step. You can, you can think your way through it all day long and hope that someone else can change it for you. But at the end of the day, you're the one that needs to move yourself into a different state of being. Uh, it's the same with your body. Like I really have seen in the last 10 years, I've been doing this work, giving, (laughs) giving permission for someone to be involved in their own healing process by moving through things themselves ultimately ends up being, uh, creating so much quicker change in the body because of that. I, yes, I agree hundred percent. Um, Well, that leads us into the emotions that are trapped in the fascia, right? Because uh, this concept of emotions being held in your body is pretty new for most people. Although as, as fitness experts, we we've seen that a lot in the gyms, you know, although that might not always be the, the best most sacred place to release emotions. They nonetheless, they still get released because they're moving through these, uh, these movements that are releasing these emotions as the fascia. So the fascia is releasing it. And I've, um, but it's, it's amazing to me that now we're starting to see the science back that up instead of it just being this, um, uh, you know, intangible, like mysterious thing that we, that we're not really sure what is going on, but, um, yeah, like, what is your experience with that helping people um, move the emotions uh, through with the fascia and and what has been your process with that as well? Yeah, let, let me start by giving just like a quick, like science lesson about what fascia is doing. So, you know, it's made up of all these elastin and collagen fibers. There's a liquid that's in between that allows us to glide and move and absorb shock and all these things. But within all of those fibers, we have a crazy amount of proprioceptors, which some people might be familiar with. Like, you know, if you stand on one leg and you close your eyes, suddenly you're wildly figuring out where you are in space and you feel way more off balance. And people, uh, think proprioception is more related to balance, but it's more than that. It's constantly taking in information on your external environment and also your internal environment. So this massive data collection that's going on at all times is helping you understand the world around you and helps you interpret where you are in that world, both literally and inside, like internally, it's figuring out where you are emotionally. So every thought, emotion, feeling, experience that you've ever had is passing through your fascial system through these proprioceptors. And so that's why a lot of times, you know, we're like, how does emotion get stuck there? It's because your fascia is sensing all of these things, your stress levels, (laughs) you know, these things that you're going through and it's responding accordingly, which oftentimes results in contraction of fascia. And as we mentioned before, it can contract independently of muscle. So just because your muscles don't necessarily feel tight does not mean that your fascia is not stuck in a contracted state. Um, but it can also start to thicken. 
you know, they've shown that people with chronic anxiety and PTSD over time, their fascia gets thicker because of that prolonged period of time under stress and enduring fear because the brain does not realize that that threat has passed. Right. So when we're sensing all these things in our fascia and possible density or contraction is created, uh, we also know that we're made of energy. And if that energy can no longer move through certain sections of the body, energetically things get trapped. So it's really a, I'm, I love the world that we live in right now that we have so much science to back up why these things are here. Um, but yeah, uh, occasionally you just hit an area of density or tension that, um, may or may not feel super painful when you release it, but that energy is finally being released after however long. And yeah, I, I literally have a <laughs> box of tissues in my office because sometimes it just opens the floodgates where, um, you know, people, they cry, they laugh hysterically, they might get angry, they might have a flashback. And it's, it's simply because all of that interpretation of things that were happening in their life, that that energy got stuck in their fascia. So, um, it's such a fascinating thing. I, I can never predict it, you know, it, uh, never force it to happen, but it certainly happens often when, when releasing fascia. Yeah. It's, it's really, and it, I think it's amazing that we can do that, that we can realize that, um, that's happening and then move it through instead of being stuck in that position in life with our bodies and our emotions and our mind and, and all of the above. So that that's incredible to me that we've, we've come to this point where we're like, Oh, okay, this is what's happening. Oh, yay. We can do something about it. Um, much like you found out for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's very confusing. If you've ever yeah. had it happen. I remember the first time it was a very, um, gentle bit of fascia release on the side of my neck, which is near, um, you know, the area where I had nerve damage and it, there's no pain with the release, but my eyes just were leaking and I, you know, yeah. tears were streaming down my face. And I was like, what's happening? Like, I'm okay. <laughs> what's yeah, I on? promise I'm not really upset. <laughs> I was like, you don't have to, you know, stop. I, you know, this doesn't hurt, but it's a really interesting phenomenon that, um, yeah, is, is so, <laughs> is so interesting and can be so liberating. You know, I, I, as I was saying, I grew up with so much time feeling very trapped in my body and having emotional releases as I work through all of these areas that were tight and dense and stuck and scar tissue and all the things in my Mm -hmm. body, it changed my personality over time to become more lighthearted, more adventurous. You know, if I told 10 year old me that I would be climbing mountains and rock climbing, I would have been like that. There's no way that that could happen. It's, it's really enables you to free up this space, (laughs) both in your body and in your heart, uh, to let go of some of these things that, you know, we can't always control what our body holds onto, but we're able to finally let some of those things go. Yes, definitely. And for me, it was, um, I've been on this journey of releasing a lot in my diaphragm and around my, I was holding a lot in my diaphragm and, and my, of course my hips, I already knew I was holding a lot in that and been working on that already. And then when I, 
I just had an interview with my voice teacher and she's an opera singer and she took me through this fascial release routine that really opened my voice up. I always felt like I was trying to push my voice out so hard. And I, I was confused at like, how, why is it so hard for me to get my voice out? And I realized it's because I couldn't open my diaphragm. I couldn't, I wasn't filling my capacity of breath. And, and then it, it was like, why I was always trying to get the, the, breath out and the, and the voice, it was so hard. And once I opened that up, um, you know, my belly just flopped out cause it, cause I was, it was also part of me holding my belly in really tightly. Um, and it just was like a relief because I just felt like my body when I was a kid, again, it just felt so free and open. And like you said, I felt like a new person, like I could be myself and I wasn't hiding because I've, I've also found that as we also hold these restrictions in our fascia over time, it could also be hiding parts of yourself that you don't want to show other people or that you're embarrassed about, or that you have shame about. And once you're able to let that go, it's just like, wow, like I was holding in a lot that was took a lot of energy. So again, also it takes so much energy that you're expending every day to hold this, this armor, so to speak on. And, uh, I find it just to be so nice to be able to let all of that go and just move more freely. Um, and, uh, especially my tailbone too. I had many tailbone injuries as a gymnast and, um, and knee injuries too. And, and so unwinding all that has been a game changer for me personally. I'm just like, whoa, this is incredible. I didn't know how good this could be, you know? And, and so it's been, it's changed my life for sure. That's amazing. I love that you brought up feeling like a kid again, because kids are such a great example of fashion when it's at its healthiest, Yeah, they are resilient and springy and bouncy. And is it... <laughs> aging that makes our fascia tight, or is it that conforming to how we think we should hold ourselves or something happened to us and we changed our posture and just a combination and like an accumulation of all of these ways that, you know, we've been like forced to sit at a desk during all of our school times, like all these different things that contribute to our bodies feeling more stuck. And it is possible to free back up your fascia to a state that you can feel like a, like a kid again, that you, you literally are restoring that space and hydration to this tissue so that it can function at its optimal level. Yeah. And, th- and that's a great point about sitting at desks because, you know, when you're a kid, you start that early, you're, you're used to having this free range motion all the time. And then then we get into school and we have to sit all day long and listen. And it's to me, that's just like, like a form of torture for kids because (laughs) (laughs) it's just like, I, you know, and and what does that do to your body over time? Like it, it really creates that, that, that constriction that you're talking about and it builds over time. Cause then you're like, I don't get to move the way I want to (laughs) move. You know, what does that turn into as we become adults and we become adults and we have to also sit for work, you know? And so, but then you just accept it by then and instead of questioning it or doing what you really want to do. And, 
So that's why I think this this whole discussion is so liberating because it's it's saying to people, hey, you know, you can change that. You can unwind those things, right? Yeah, I'm the thing I hear I've heard the most uh, working with people over the years is the excuse like, oh, I'm just getting old. I'm like, right. That's an old I, story, right? <laughs> but, you know, if you think about us, if you're in knee pain and you're like, oh, the, you know, I'm just getting old. And I'm like, well, how old's the other knee? Why, why aren't both hurting the same way? Or, or why did this thing only come up in the last year? It has less to do with age and more that as our fascia starts to stick together in these little crumpled up balls of plastic wrap, and it becomes more dense in areas, our body adjusts because our structure is being held together by fascia, right? So our structure can start to move further out of alignment. Muscle compensations can start happening and it takes a long time to get there, but suddenly, you know, we end up with back pain or we end up with plantar fasciitis or something of that nature, but it's really less about age and more that we started accumulating fascial restrictions. So if you can release fascia, especially in the right places, then we can actually free back up our body to move the way it was originally intended. Yes. Absolutely. I love that so much. And yeah, there, there's a lot of liberation within that for people. Cause then they're like, Oh, I can do something about it. It's not just because I'm getting old. It's not just what, you know, my doctors are telling me there's nothing else I can do. Um, there there's so much, in my opinion, there's many things you can do. There's like endless possibilities. Right. And, um, so, uh, let's talk about how you get the fascia to release, like what are your techniques that you can share or what, what is your approach there? Because there's so many different ways we, that people do do that on their own. They use rollers. Um, I love personally using roller. I see you have a, a trigger point roller back there. I love those. Those are my favorite. And, uh, I use the cupping, the silicone cups around oh, yeah. for the skin and, and do some skin, uh, rolling, I have all kinds of techniques. I do the grishaw on myself too, around my scars and stuff. So um, I absolutely love fascial release stuff, all the tools that we have available to us, but I'd love to hear your take on, on what your favorite things to do are. Yeah, I would say it really depends on your goal. So I use rollers all the time, but I don't actually roll on them. So, okay. Oh, you roll over them, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So so I'm using them as a tool for compression. Yes. Yes. Okay. Traction. If you you roll up and down on your roller, you are stimulating some collagen fiber production. You are, uh, possibly releasing some more superficial fascial fibers, but we're not actually changing any of the deep layers. Again, if we're thinking as deep as your bone fascia wraps around your bone, and we have layer on layer on layer all the way up through the skin, we're not touching those deep layers. If we're simply rolling up and down with the fascial fibers, um, and normally, you know, with the muscle fibers as well, that'll be an easier way to envision it in your mind. So Um, if that's what you want to do, you want to create a little heat on your body before you work out and you're looking to just warm things up. I think that's great. Um, that's a tool that you can use, um, specifically when it comes to pain and interrupting stuck patterns that we've formed in our body, I highly recommend doing a compression cross fibering and active release combo. So you can use something like a roller or a lacrosse ball or whatever tool that you've got as a way to compress one spot 
but mm. then we want to compress it as much as we can while still making sure that your nervous system feels safe. So you should be able to breathe deeply and move easily. Um, but we do want to get a pretty solid compression on an area that feels dense or stuck or tight. And then we move perpendicular to the way that the fascial fibers run. So if you're working on your quad, instead of rolling from your knee to your hip, you would want to stay on one part of your quad and then bend your knee back and rock your heel side to side. So then you're going across. And what happens with that is we're stimulating a very specific cell in your fascia called a fascia site. And it's a precursor to hyaluronic acid and hyaluronic acid is essentially like grease for everything in your body. And so we're deeply hydrating the area that we're working and we're optimizing the production of hyaluronic acid to keep us like gliding and feeling good. So we're more likely creating space that we need in that area more so than we're going to get from rolling back and forth. And then the active movement part of that, because you're moving yourself, that's where we engage the nervous system and tell the brain that like, Hey, it's okay to go through this range of motion. It's okay to create this space and keep this space. This is okay to change essentially. So I really like to, um, whenever I'm instructing people, that's, that's the like little Holy Trinity of the things to do when we really want to create some quick change in the fascia. That's wonderful. I love that. Yeah. That is my approach. I, I use that approach as well. I find it very effective. And I love also to use the roller to warm up with too, to warm the muscles up before stretching. Um, so I use both those techniques that you mentioned as well. And I highly recommend, um, and what else was I going to say about that? Um, (laughs) there's one more point I wanted to make about it, but, um, yeah. uh, Oh yeah. So you're giving yourself permission to, 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 to let go over the roller that it's going to be safe. And I think that's important, which most people don't really do, um, and aren't instructed or guided, guided to do either. Um, and that's important, especially if you've had like a back pain situation. Um, I've been in that situation before where, you know, you have some, you have spasms in your back, you're on the sofa, you can't move. You never want to be in that situation again. And there's a fear around that. Right. And so then whoever you go to, to help you with this, you want to trust that they're going to guide you in the right direction. And it's, it's, and there's a, there's a time period where you have to build that trust back in up within yourself that you're going to be safe because you were just in a very unsafe feeling time with your body. Right. And so that's important. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to reestablish that our body is our ally. Most times we are trying to either ignore it or beat it into submission. Right. I've been there. That was like the (laughs) whole time I was growing up. It's like, ah, I'm just going to ignore this thing or just Force it to do something that is clearly not meant to do at this stage. Right. (laughs) Um, And so that's very common that, you know, people are like, oh, just go in there as hard as you can in this deep tissue massage, or they're completely contorting their face as they're rolling up and down (laughs) on their IT bands, which side note, please do not roll up and down. Don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Where what you're sending, the message that you're sending is that you need to be forced into a new place and your nervous system is very unlikely to follow what your very determined conscious brain wants. So it's really about, 
yeah, reintroducing sensation. Can you breathe through sensation? Can you move through it? That's where we interrupt all these nervous system patterns and create more safety in the body. Um, I'll also say a very important secondary piece to releasing fascia is that where you feel the pain is almost never the problem. Mm. And you talking about, you know, like having horrible back spasms and being like, oh my gosh, like, you know, my back hurts so bad. I can't get off the couch. Or, you know, I've been in a place where, uh, I got out of bed one morning and my knee hurt so bad that I just dropped to the floor where like, sometimes these things just come out of nowhere and it can be easy to be like, oh no, something's wrong with my back. Something's wrong with my knee. I better roll on my back or have someone dig into all these little areas around the knee. But the reality is if our body is this interconnected system, and you think about something being pulled and constricted in one area where we usually feel pain is what's being overstretched. And if we release what's feeling painful, it won't solve the root cause of it. And is likely why your pain hasn't gone away. So if you are also feeling discouraged that, you know, you have lower back pain and you've been using a roller on your back and it seems to not make, give you any lasting results. Um, I also invite you to think more holistically when it comes to fascia, where there might be a restriction further up or down the line or on the opposite side of your body. And once you release that, your pain goes away. Yes. Yes. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah. It's, um, it's one of those things that people, um, well, it's hard to put together, first of all, when you're in pain. So hopefully you can find someone who could help you like you. Yeah. And <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it, it is so interesting. We, I love how you put the, we eat, there's two, like two choices. We either like beat ourselves into submission <laughs> or we, or we disconnect. Right. And so it's so true. Um, but the gentle approach, the more mindful approach, the paying attention, like you say, to your body sensations is going to take you so much further, um, into both the trust of the body and the body moving into what it, where it, it needs to go. And I've also found the body is super intelligent. Um, a lot of times when people have, like you're saying, like that pain spot or that very extreme tight spot, there's a reason that's there. And it's, it's a reflection of something that's out of balance and it's trying to recalibrate itself, you know, but then if we try to release that area that we feel pain in, that might be making it worse too, because then, you know, that could be holding you in a certain position so that you don't completely lose it. Right. So, yes, yes, there's a lot of, there's a lot of steps here, uh, you know, or there's a lot of things to think about, I think, and, and to, um, to acknowledge within that. But, um, but yeah, I love, I love what you're sharing because it's, it's giving people the bigger picture of what could be going on instead of this, like, Oh, it must be here. Cause this is where my pain is. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I understand how tough it is to be in pain for prolonged periods of time. You know, I, I do understand that. So please know I'm coming from an empathetic place, but we want so badly for the pain to be gone that our first instinct tends to be to silence it. But there's really a beautiful opportunity in feeling pain because as you were saying, our body is so intelligent. It knows what's wrong. We just need to learn how to decode its messages. So if you're willing to feel that pain for a little bit, 
and get curious about it and say, I wonder where this is coming from. My body clearly needs help. It's out of alignment. Something's off. And you start testing out some areas of releasing fascia. So maybe you have, we'll stick with the lower back pain example. So uh, one of the places I find tends to contribute to low back pain the most is the quads. And most people are stretching their hamstrings all day long and not <laughs> and stretching their back and feeling very little relief. Um, but maybe you roll your quads and you release fascia in the way that I'm talking about. And then you get a, a very fast, accurate message from your body that says, Ooh, that helped. Or maybe no, that didn't help. And then you go somewhere else and you have this ability to, again, reestablish this relationship with your body that it's, it wants to talk to you. It's, it's just like any relationship, right? You were like, yes. okay, I hear what you're saying. Let's, let's see if this works. And if it doesn't cool, let's try something else. It's something we continually put work into. And then our body is going to let go of that pain signal when we've done the right thing. It's, it's a journey, but it's a really incredible opportunity that we have with our body because most times we can solve our pain ourselves if we're listening to these messages and it enables us to <laughs> reconnect and feel empowered that we can take care of ourselves. You Absolutely. know, we've become so reliant on, you know, doctors, which they certainly have their time in place. Like, let me be clear. If you've had a an acute injury or an accident or something, you absolutely should go to the doctor. <laughs> yes. Um, however, so many of us have chronic, chronic things or aches and pains that, you know, maybe aren't bad enough, quote unquote, that we feel that we need to go to the doctor for, but then we also don't do anything for ourselves about them. And they just build and create more and more of that stuck dense feeling in our body. But we have the power to release the right things and learn about like, what are our patterns specifically? Like what tends to get tight with us? And then you can release things based on what you've learned about your body and you can tackle your own pain. That's one of yeah. my favorite things to do with clients is like my, the favorite, my favorite thing I get is a text. that's like, Hey, I went for this run and my knee hurt. So I released these three areas and now my knee pain's gone. Like that's the best compliment I could ever get is that yeah. I was like, Oh, I, I'm not going to panic that I'm feeling this. Yeah. I bet it's tightness in these places and they do it on their own and boom, their knee pain goes away. Like that's such, such a beautiful part of understanding fascia as well. Yes. Yes. I love that so much. I really do. It's, 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 it is magical when your clients begin to learn about their bodies that way. And then they can start using the skills and the tools you teach them to, um, to get their body back into balance and harmony after, after they feel that pain or, or that thing, they don't freak out or they don't go in fear. They just do what they need to do. Um, yeah, I have that. I have a chapter in my book that says, trust your body. It knows what to do. And, you know, it, it's true. It's true. I mean, it's, it's, it's a matter of listening to it. Like you said, it, it, it's talking to you all the time, but many times we're not listening. And then we're, we're externally looking for people to give us answers uh, or to fix us uh, essentially. And uh, we're just not, we're just really taught how to listen to our bodies. So I'm so happy that there's people out there like you, Julia, that are teaching people how to listen to their bodies and, and guiding them in, in that, because that's a, a big service to provide for people. It's, it's, it's huge. It's bigger than any of us could ever really imagine how big it is. It's it, especially these days, you know, like it goes a long way. 
Um, so, so excited to get to that chapter. I've been reading your book and it's amazing for any of you who have not Thank picked you. it up yet. Um, and we were talking before the show that there is a line in there. I, I want to say it's about your belief systems where when we think about changing a possible belief system, can we look at it with curiosity instead of fear of like, why do yeah. I believe this? And pain is the same is I think a very similar thing is uh, we learn a lot about how to deal with pain from our parents. Mm -hmm. Um, if you think about when you fell off your bike, did your parents panic and freak out? Or, I mean, on the flip side, did they pretend it didn't happen? Like, oh, you're fine. So then you learned like, oh, pain's not something I'm allowed to feel. So I'll just ignore it. Like we learn a lot about, about how to deal with our own bodies from our parents. Um, and so when you grow up and you have an opportunity to question, like, is how I'm taking care of my body working for me? Yeah. (laughs) Another cortisone shot helping to just silence the pain for a while. And then it comes back. Like, you know, can we look at this pain with more curiosity? Like, why is this happening? Why does it keep coming back? What if I, what if I do this? There's such a beautiful opportunity in there to really, um, think about what's important to you and how you want to take care of your body. Yeah, you nailed it. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to get curious about what you need, what your body's telling you for sure. And uh, yeah, as adults, we can really make our own choices. And once we realize that and we can we can do our do what we want to do. So we don't have to keep going by what we learned from our parents. You know, our parents did the best they could and we love them so much for that. And it's about also realizing that your parents had their own stuff too. They had their own projections. And so when you can look beyond that and, and then just reflect that on that within your own self and, and see how you feel about it and how you'd like to experience it, then that's also that belief system. And like you said, how you relate to pain. I love that example. Uh, that's perfect. I mean, you know, it's, it's just it's it's a big deal to realize that within yourself, how you're responding to life or how you're reacting to life. Um, but yeah, pain is, uh, I remember being a gymnast and just learning that I needed to pretend that pain was not there because that's what I had to do at that Absolutely. time. Welcome you to know? Sports world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, I'm yeah. not in pain. I'm fine. <laughs> it's really interesting. Um, the way our culture uh, makes working through pain seem very honorable. It, it is. It is really weird, isn't it? I mean, I've thought about that too. I played. So despite my nerve damage, I, I still played volleyball when um, I started at 11. I played all the way through college, actually. <laughs> but that wow. while that is great to overcome some limitations, it was also very much in line with the beating your body into submission analogy though, because when I started playing one of the first compliments I got was like, wow, you're, you're tough. You know, you have this limitation and you're still, you know, diving all over the court and you're still working really hard and playing really well. And I took that compliment as someone who thought I was fragile. And I was like, Ooh, I'm going to see if I can get more of those. And you get more praise, the more tough you are. If you're playing with a knee brace or you're playing with your arm all taped up, you get more praise. So it's a really interesting thing. I've been thinking about a lot where, uh, yeah, we've made 
pain, working, pushing through pain or working through pain, some kind of an honorable thing when unfortunately guys, you don't get a gold star at the end of this life for going 20 years with back pain, you know, like, no, uh -uh. (laughs) no, it's not fun either. Well, yeah, I can relate to that so much because I was told I was tough too. That was a big thing. I was like, oh, oh, this must be a good thing. I'm, I need to be keep being tough and keep doing things that make me look tough and push, you know, and doing these things that, you know, wow people be, that make them think I'm tough. And that's interesting. Like that you, now that you say that, I'm like, yeah, that, that was me too. I, and I think that's just because I, kept getting injured. So I just kept getting injured and coming back from injuries. They called me the comeback kid, you know? (laughs) And I was just like, now I look back on that. I'm like, wow, that, okay. I guess that's good. I, 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 not really anymore. I mean, uh, not the way I was approaching it because I didn't know any better as a kid. I was just trying to get, you know, approval, but, um, yeah, are we still doing that as adults though? That's the question, right? It's such an interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. We we figure out how to make it honorable to take excellent care of the body that you have. We got our work cut out for us. (laughs) That's for sure. And on the flip side of that, our injuries taught us so much that now we can help other people with theirs. And it becomes a gift in that way that when you, when you approach it, now you've flipped it, you know, flipped this, this script on it. Um, yeah. So that's a beautiful thing. Pain is a part of life. You know, there's, there's no way we get through this life without experiencing some kind of pain, Um, but we do have the opportunity to change how we react to pain. We can lose our fear of pain. If we can understand our body on a deeper level and know that, you know, pain is a signal. And you may have heard that before, but, um, it doesn't necessarily mean physical damage has happened. Your body is just letting you know that like, Hey, something's off it could be a, an actual real injury. Like you crash your mountain bike in Costa Rica, like I did once upon a time. And it's like, Ooh, this is a real, this is, you know, a physical injury, but it could also be that you have chronic stress in your life and internally your body perceives that as a threat. And so your body could give you a pain signal because your internal environment feels threatened. So being able to look at pain as that signal and be like, where is this actually coming from? You know, how, how can I start to work through anywhere? Like even just starting with one thing, like working on your diaphragm, working on releasing fashion, your diaphragm and breathing, like, how does that affect pain anywhere in your body? What, you know, and then you can yeah. move to other places and, and again, just see what that, where that curiosity leads you. I love that. Thank you so much, Julia. Can you share with my audience how to find you, what you're offering and anything else you'd like to share, please? Sure. I am most active on Instagram and you can follow me there at movement by Julia. Um, I also have a program for those interested in kind of dipping their toes into the realm of fascia release called pain liberation Academy. It's a collection of, I think there's about 16 programs in there now for all of the top ailments. So shoulder pain, low back pain, plantar fasciitis, knee pain, sciatica, carpal tunnel. Um, there's a pelvic floor pain. There's a bunch of different programs that you can follow that you don't need to know anything about fascia. You can just grab a roller and a couple of really simple tools and follow along and see how that can 
bring your pain down or even totally eliminate your pain. So that's on my site, movementbyjulia.com. If that's something that you're like, I'm interested in exactly what this style of fascia release is. It's all based on pain patterns, right? So where you feel the pain is really the problem. So they're all based on the main culprits that you may not have thought of, uh, that is causing the pain that you're actually feeling. Amazing. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom, Julia. Thanks, Allison. This was so great. Yeah. (laughs) 